The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to Sister Speak. You're here with me, Farin, and we also have Lamisa with us. Um, today's topic, we're going to talk about welcoming the new year and 2024. If you want to call us or give us a message, you can call us on 01. Five eight two. Well, you can just message us on Instagram at Sister Speak. Um, let me start for there. Can you say hi? Hi everyone. Um, Assalamualaikum. Let me start. Can you let everyone know what our show is about, please? Yeah, of course. So our show is a platform for um, Muslim girls and women to voice their opinions on various events that are going on at the moment. Um, we just want to let everyone know that all opinions and views are our own, and we respect all other similar opposing views and opinions. Thank you. If you remember the number, they can call us on if you want to share that with everyone as well. Sure. So if you want to text your thoughts in, you can text in at 0779-481822. And you can call in as well to the studio on 01582-481822. Thank you. So like I said, as I said before, we are going to talk, our main topic is going to be welcoming 2024, what we expect from the year, what we want to learn, our kind of what we want to do this year. Um, but before that, in our first half, we I'm just gonna we're just gonna do our segment, which is called Thought of the Week. We just share something insightful that has happened to us during the week, or just anything in general. So let me stop. What is your thought of the week? Mm, what is my thought of the week? Um, I think recently I've been thinking a lot about um, how I want to improve my, myself, and I think it kind of goes in line with our main topic as well. Um, but how I can improve myself and things like that. And um, I was actually um listening to uh, a talk by Omar Suleiman and his um series the judgment day series and I think in the first one the first thing that he talks about is think of your deeds as your children uh, and kind mm-hmm. of cultivating them in that way and I thought that was a really profound thing that he said because we never really look at or I never really look at my deeds in that way before um but it's more about kind of putting time and effort into your deeds thinking about them being intentional about them and um, if you look at it in that way, I feel like it it kind of sets you up to be able to be more deeds focused. Um, and then you spend your time doing things, uh, intentional things, um, and it ends up, you know, obviously working out for the better for you. So, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And like, I think we've said this in a show before, but doing our deeds they're so small sometimes and the the but the reward is so big we don't even know we're doing a good deed mm. how I, are you I, trying to be intentional about them oh sorry yeah yeah that's exactly what i was going to come to actually i think um before you do anything taking that intention to think about a lot and maybe the ways in which that uh this might be good islamically is one way of um turning every single small thing that you do into a good deed um for example things that we do a lot of the time like studying um, young people in the UK spend a lot of time studying and if your aim with our studying is to end up eventually doing good um, for a wider society or for your family and for your parents and things like that, even that studying becomes a good deed. Um, so yeah, I think intention is really important and just thinking about it um, and having that near before you start doing whatever it is you're going to do, um, that's one way of being intentional about it, I guess. Yeah, and, and intention is a thing that's you get so many rewards just for intending, for example, going to prayer and you miss it. Just the intention that you made to go to prayer is enough for 
you know, to get that good deed. So thank you, Lemisa, for sharing your thought of the week. Is there anything else you want to add? No, that's my thought for the week. <laughs> okay, um, let me share my thought of the week. Um, my thought of the week is, you know, I'm just, I was just thinking about how great, I think I've said this in last year as well, but how grateful we have to be for what we have and how we spend our new years uh, welcoming into 2024 and, you know, under a roof with our family. We had a dinner and everything, but there's people that, you know, they're not lucky to have that. And just for us, we just have to be grateful that we have our family around us and we have food. We have a you know, roof under our heads. So that's kind of my thought of the week. Anything you want to say, Lemisa? Yeah, I think that um, you're very right for being grateful is something that we need to, not just this time, but all the time uh, throughout the year, thinking about how lucky and grateful we are and to be in the position that we are. Um, it's a blessing and I think it helps actually with your like attitude from day to day if you're grateful for the things that you have you generally end up you know taking things more on the chin if that makes sense it does you know what I've realized the more you struggle in life the more you're least likely to help other people who have went to, to that same struggle so if you are grateful and you have you know whatever you need then helping someone is not going to take anything from your kind of what you have I don't know if that made sense. It was a bit, it was a bit messy, but if you were, if you went through the same struggles and you see a person that's going through the same thing, then the first in, like human instinct would be to help them. But that's you it. know, it depends on people's personality. But that's kind of my thought of the week. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our hot topic is Doctor Strike, and we have obviously Lamisa, our future TV doctor, inshallah. So let me start, and I'm just going to let you lead on this topic because obviously you know more about it. So whenever you're ready. Uh, thank you, Farine. Um So yeah, we're going to be talking about the doctor strikes, the junior doctor strikes that are happening uh, at the moment. Actually, they started today. Um, they're running from 7 a.m. today to uh, next Tuesday, 7 a.m. Um, and it is a junior doctor strike, meaning that all doctors that basically aren't consultants um, can go on strike if they want to um and i guess firstly i would like to ask all of our listeners actually what their thoughts on this are because i know that a lot of people are very divided on the issue of doctors being able to go on strike um there's loads of questions of whether it's ethical and um you know what the implications of them going on strike actually is so it would be really interesting to hear from our listeners what they think about the whole thing um and i will just repeat the numbers again very quickly so o triple seven nine four eight one eight two two if you want to what's text or whatsapp in uh, and then o one five eight two four eight one eight two two if you do want to call i think it would be really interesting to hear what everyone has to say um but with regards to the strikes themselves and kind of what they're for so junior doctors are striking for a pay restoration um, and so what that means is a 35% increase on their current pay rates to match the rates that they used to get paid back in 2008. So um, since 2008, junior doctors' pay has been cut by more than 25%, and that is a figure from the BMA, which is the British Medical Association. Um, and so they're striking in order to restore that gap. Okay, so that's what the 35% pay increase kind of means um, mm-hmm. and if we look at and I know 35% actually sounds like a lot 
Um, and it is because they've been cut by a lot since 2008. But if we look at actual figures, like numbers wise, um, the average kind of junior doctor pay, this was an article um, that I read, said that on average, like a FY1 doctor, which is a freshly graduated doctor out of medical school, their hourly rate is somewhere um, like £14.9. Um, and this is something that The Guardian reported back in March 2023. Uh 35% increase on that, let's say from £14.30 an hour, only goes to about £19.30. So in actual terms, it's about £5 increase on the hour, which is what... Um, it looks like for an F1, which is a newly graduated doctor. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the backdrop of the situation. And I guess the reason why a lot of doctors are striking for this is because of the fact that since 2008, we all know that living times are a lot more expensive. We've covered the cost of living crisis on our show quite a lot. Um, it's really expensive to be living in the UK currently at this moment in time, and a lot of people's wages don't uh, match up to that. And doctors are kind of no different, to be honest. Um, I was looking at an article also written in The Guardian again. It was titled, um, The Cost of Living Revealed, What £15 Can Buy You in 2008. Uh, and it's just kind of comparing the price of things now to things 15 years ago. So, for example, a pint of milk was 50p, less than 50p back then. It's about £1.5 now. 12 eggs were £2.47 back then, £3.36 now. If you think about the way in which prices have gone up, a 25% cut since 2008 on people's pay is not going to make things possible for them to be able to do this line of work, which is being a doctor, uh, and kind of live day to day, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I, it's such a hard job. I couldn't imagine, you know, the pay that they get is not enough already. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. Go ahead, Ruth. Sorry, I was just going to ask you something. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, there's quite, there's quite a few things. Oh, okay. It's, Go ahead. Uh, it's a very you. big... Yeah, yeah, no, you can ask your questions now if you want. What, what? Uh, I was going to ask you if, how, if how is this going to impact you know the healthcare system if there's so many junior doctors going on strike? That's a really good question. Uh, and I think... Um, loads of people have kind of looked at and discussed the actual impacts. Obviously, we know that if you have a hospital and you don't have the doctors there, but you have all of the patients, there's going to be quite a few different issues. Patients aren't going to be seen. Waiting times on those days are going to be really, really long. Um, you know, people's care will be delayed. That is true, but that's the point of the strike, I guess, in essence, because of the fact that it shows the importance of a doctor. It shows the fact that we need doctors for the NHS. We need everyone in the NHS, let's be honest. The NHS is running based on the, um, you know, efforts of the people who work in it. Um, and if we're going to be underpaying doctors that massively, um, obviously this is my opinion, it's a very personal, personally formed opinion, but if we're going to be underpaying doctors that massively when, you know, all around the world, their value is a lot higher, it kind of makes it difficult for us to not go on strike or do not us but doctors in general to not go on strike um so yeah there is a lot of talk about you know the impacts that it's going to have over these next few days uh five or six days um but i did kind of look at what the actual impact was and i think um the health foundation ran a kind of study i guess to look at 
you know, how, what big of an impact it's having. And they looked at, they found that basically the waiting list times had only gone up by 3% during the strikes. Um, and if we look at other effects on waiting list times, there are other contributing factors that make a much larger contribution to that. Mm -hmm. So I guess in that sense, obviously you're going to have effects on the system with your doctors going on strike, but I think there is a solution for that. And the solution is to make sure that they're paid how much they want. That's obviously yeah, my opinion. But yeah. Is there any way the hospitals are going to prepare for the strikes? Are the junior doctors, like, do they have to say we're going on strike? So it's obviously the BMA has announced they're going on strike and the doctors who are going to go on strike would probably let their, um, let people know about that. Um, with regards to how they prepare, so I was in the hospital yesterday and basically they're trying to do as much as they can to make sure that people's discharges and things like that aren't delayed. Um, the other thing that is also in place is that um, staff can be requested to work if there's an unpredictable emergency and all other avenues have kind of been exhausted. So that's kind of with regards to emergency cares. Um, but I just wanted to touch on the fact that um, striking is somewhat of a luxury for some people as well. So a lot of doctors do want to go on strike, but actually can't because of the fact that they've already been on strikes over the Christmas period or during December time. Um, and they literally can't afford to take days off work unpaid, which I think was quite interesting because they can't even strike for their pay restoration because they don't have the money to be able to go on strike. Does that make sense? Yeah. How crazy is that? And I think a lot of people don't realise how difficult it is for especially those at the lower pay grades to kind of get by because those who come from wealthy backgrounds perhaps will be able to get by but medical students uh, and people of low income backgrounds who go into this um, are usually the ones that are quite largely affected. Um, and medical, like... Um, Junior doctors shouldn't be just from backgrounds of that have wealth and, you know, generational and family wealth. Doctors should be of all different backgrounds and therefore we have to pay these people the right amounts of money for the effort that they put in over the years. Um, on average, a medical student's like student loan goes to 70 to 90,000 pounds. Um, and those that are from lower income backgrounds have a higher debt because they are able to take out larger kind of maintenance, maintenance loans and things like that. They have to pay that back straight away. Um, if we look at graduate entry medical students, they get access to much lower financial support from, um, you know, like student finance, the student finance company um, and things like that. So these types of people who don't have a lot of access to money whilst they're going through their medical training are scrimping anyway. After they graduate, things don't change as much. And if we look at kind of rent prices and things like that, renting a room in London, for example, and this is just a single room, the average prices go from like £700 to £1,100. If you're spending £1,100 on rent and then you have living expenses on top of that, you've really not got a lot um, left over to kind of go by for day-to-day -day expenses. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just, it's a very difficult situation. I don't think doctors want to go on strike and actually leave their patients, but I think it's something, this is my personal opinion as well, it's something that has to be done because of the fact that it doesn't make sense to be paying, not paying them in line with the cost of living crisis and how living expenses has changed. 
and from the salary that they're getting, do they have they have to pay back that student finance debt? So repay it from that same salary, right? Yeah, of course. So every single month, the student finance will, like your student loans, will go out of your salary. Um, I think another thing we have to look at is the number of doctors that are going overseas uh, as a result, because you know doctors do get paid a lot more overseas. Um, this was a study done by the BMA in 2022, or a report, sorry. And it found that four in ten doctors plan to leave the NHS as soon as they find, like, another job abroad. Mm -hmm. And then a third of the 4,553 respondents plan to work in another country over the next 12 months. Um, which is quite telling, I think. And a lot of, in medical school, a lot of talk amongst um, medical students that I've personally seen, this is just my personal experience, um, a lot of people are quite geared to going abroad and working abroad purely because the working conditions are so much better. Um, with regards to this, I think, like, looking at the numbers and looking at statistics is, is really important um, because of the fact that a lot of us don't have that kind of statistical knowledge to understand numbers when they're coming out because they come out in such big figures and they kind of go over our heads and I'm exactly the same. But I think looking at these numbers and actually trying to understand where they're coming from is really important. For example, that 35% compared to £5, it doesn't seem as much. And I think this is a way that um, articles and media can frame stats to kind of push across what their motive is, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think looking into a bit more is really important um, and just trying to understand the reasons as to why doctors are going on strike and why it's important. Because I think in the longevity of things, with the way the NHS is going, it's important that we hold on to all of the professionals that work within the NHS because it's such a good system in my opinion. Um, and it would be a shame to not have it in the way that we know it. Yeah, I completely agree. Is it different for um, junior doctors in public um, kind of services, or is it just the NHS? The NHS is the public health service. Yeah, so I mean in the private ones. Oh, in the private ones. I'm not sure entirely about the private ones. Um, these are doctors that are, you know, under the NHS that are going on strike, as far as I know. Okay, so since 2008, that's when their pay... The, when. So that's when the pay changed, right? Since 2008. Yeah, so since 2008, with what the levels they were being paid back in 2008 and the levels they are being paid now, it's equivalent to a 25% pay cut since then. Okay. Yeah. So how how can the public do... Because I didn't know about the doctor strikes if you you know were my doctor friend and you know told me, and I didn't see any social media support or any posts or anything about it. Really? That's quite interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's been going on for it's been going on for a while. Um, this whole kind of tussle, I guess, between the government and the doctors. Um, so I guess people are kind of the news and things like that might not be as akin to it, but um, yeah, I think reading up about it and you know trying to understand what's going on and the impacts that it's having is quite vital. There's um, a lot of questions. That's, look, I'm just going to read you. It says, how can we ensure that the concerns of junior doctors are effective, effectively addressed and resolved without the need for strikes? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. I think listening is the first thing. I think a lot of it, obviously, it's between the 
the BMA and the government. So this is a great question for the government, I guess. Um, but me personally, if I were to answer it, I think listening to their concerns, um, trying to see it from our perspective. I don't think anyone can really truly understand what being a doctor is like unless, until you've been in that situation or even working in the NHS or working in the hospitals for all of the professionals that are there. Um, I think they all deserve a pay rise. Um, but all of those professionals that work in a hospital environment day to day, how stressful and how long and how tiring it really is. Um, but also then the pressures of what you're dealing with because you're dealing with people and people's health, which is such an important thing. Um, all of those strains day to day and the years of training that leads up to it, um, I don't think people can realise that. And I personally don't think those that are in authority and those that decide the wages have that understanding because they've never been through it. Yeah, I completely agree. I only go to the hospital and I get so overwhelmed. So I can't imagine working. And it's obviously, like you said, it's people's health. So it's not something that you, you can just look over, you know? Yeah, because it's not a job where you can just kind of not put your soul into it. And I know that everyone does work really, really hard and probably gives their whole 110% to their jobs. But especially with your doctor, you'd want them to be giving their 110%, if that makes sense. Uh, and with the ways things are at the moment with, you know, increased amount of patients in more complex kind of conditions and things like that, um, I'm sure it is really, really hard. I don't know. I'll find out, inshallah, in August. But yeah, it does It does seem quite hard. Um, and so I think, you know, we need to think a bit more about what's going on. Um, I also just wanted to say, like, a few like, a few questions that I had with regard to the topic and something that is always on my mind. Um, when there aren't enough doctors on the wards or things like that, um, the hospital can put out um, a request for a locum doctor. So this is a doctor that um, can be brought in to fill in that gap. And then locum doctor's rates are a lot higher per hour. So um, an average F1 uh, locum rate is about £30, £30 to £75 in London, which is quite a lot more than the £14.30 that we were talking about earlier. Um, and that's why a lot of doctors might take a gap out of their training to just locum because their hourly wages are a lot higher and you can earn quite a lot more than a full-time salary doctor. But I guess the biggest question that I have, I don't know, I haven't really seen anything online that's answering this, so it'd be great to find an answer for it if anyone does know. Um, but surely it would be t cheaper to pay full-time salary doctors £19 something an hour than it would be to hire large amounts of locum doctors who are paying 30 to £75 an hour, and that's just at the very junior level. Um, like, some things like this, to me, doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Green, I think you're oh, sorry, let me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot to mute my mic. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think that's basically everything. Um, I think reading up about it is really important, reading up the cost, because at the end of the day, the NHS is our system. A lot of us might not have private healthcare, um, and we have a system there that is a point of care system, so whenever we need it, we can go to it. And even though at the moment it's not great, I think starting to fix issues like, um, you know, employees pay in the NHS is a step that we can take towards trying to bring the NHS back on track. Um, obviously, there's so many different issues as to why the NHS is running the way it is at the moment. But I definitely think that 
um, employees pays is one of those contributing factors and I think we need to take each factor and try and resolve it um, and I think for everyone that's listening out there the NHS is like it's our system it's it's where I would go if I had a health issue and so I'd want it to be you know at its peak and I want it to be there I don't want to be in a country where I don't have the NHS so yeah I, would... I mean you're working here so you would need the NHS <laughs> but not only that, like for my own for my own healthcare, to be honest with you, a lot of us, uh, I I wouldn't be able to afford private healthcare. A lot of people won't even be able to afford it. So, you know, for us to have a healthcare system that's point of care is so important. And especially where a lot of us have been to other countries around the world, for example, I visit Bangladesh quite frequently. Going there and seeing what their health healthcare system is like, and obviously it's not as advanced as us, but. The fact is they don't have a point of care system like you have to pay if you want decent health care and this is the thing it's so hard for people at a, at a point of need to be able to come up with that money and then pay for it why do we think there's going to be any different here when healthcare is you know is is so expensive out of it being subsidized you know nationally my opinion <laughs> yeah all opinions and views are our own on this on the show uh, we have about a minute to go, so anything else you want to add on Dr. Strikes, Misa, you can. this is your time. I mean, you've said a lot already. Yeah. Um, I try to fact-check everything where possible, so all of my kind of sources are from articles like The Guardian or the BBC, things like that. Um, but if there were any mistakes, uh, I apologise for my oversight. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really important issue and it's pertinent to all of us, so yeah. It is really important, and it's... Uh, I didn't know about it, so just you coming on the radio and talking about the doctor, the junior doctor strikes is really important. And I think we are gonna, you know, feel the the lack of junior doctors because they're on a strike. So just join us in the next half. We will talk. We will be welcoming twenty twenty four. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome back to Sisters Speak. We are now on our second half where we are going to welcome 2024, kind of give what we expect from this year. Last week's show was our reflections on 2023 and we just reflected on the year, what we did. So this this um, show is going to be about 2024. So I'm here with Lamisa. Say hi, Lamisa. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious to know, how did you celebrate your, your your new year, Lamisa? I know there's different ways depending on, you know, where you are and kind of what you, basically what you believe is going to bring you luck this 2024. So I'm just curious to know, how did you celebrate? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't really think I, you know, have any superstitions or anything like that or any rituals or anything like that personally i don't have that type of stuff um i just saw the fireworks at 12 really and that's about it because i i just generally like fireworks <laughs> um you know new year's is often that opportunity to see a bunch of fireworks going off around um and i think in luton loads of people do there were, there were like so many i could see in the horizon so it was nice to watch Okay, the, it's. I think it's really normal in the UK to just see the fireworks when 
New Year's. But normally what I do every single New Year is the eat the 12 grapes, which is a really, you know, Spanish tradition. Is that Spanish? Yeah, I was going to say. Is that yeah, Spanish it's really, really Spanish. But the thing is, um, the New Year in Spain is one year before us. So we all eat the grapes at 11 p.m. instead of at 12. Oh, it's an hour before. Yeah, so we eat 12 grapes, one for each oh, month. Nice. You know what yeah. that tradition is kind of like? Um, like what the history behind that tradition is. Um, so I'm just gonna get, go ahead with the question then. Are there any? In what ways do you plan to contribute to making the world a better place in 2024? Um, well, that's a big question. <laughs> um, how am I gonna contribute to make the world a better place? Is that the question? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um. Hmm. I think the biggest way that I can do that is maybe by developing myself. Um, so I think that's my focus, really. It goes back to your third of the week, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. What about you, Farine? Um, I'm not sure, you know. In what ways can I contribute? I think just being a bit vocal about the issues that are going on, that's my main way. I think I, this 2023, I've been really silent. Not silent, but I just didn't have the guts to say whatever the issues were, but this year I'm just going to try to be vocal about them. Mm, okay. I think that's, I think that's good. I think I'm going to take something along the same lines and try and be more well-versed in issues that are going around the, on around the world. I think a lot of us know of things, but we, and I'm like, I personally, I know about things that are going on, but I don't necessarily read into the issues, i.e. the factors that contribute to it, what's, why it's happening um, who's being affected that type of thing so I think actually reading up about it and learning more um, is something that is important for next year I or this year I, I think, like <laughs> yeah this year I think like trends we just tend to repost whatever we see without actually reading what is it about mm. so just yeah just learning about all of that um, is is there any ways do you plan to challenge yourself and you know foster your personal growth? I know you said in your third view you want to improve yourself. Just just any specific ways that you're going to do this? Um, I think actually last year I tried to challenge myself a lot. I tried to put myself in situations where, um, you know, I was meeting new people and things that I I was doing things that were outside of my comfort zone. I think this year what I want to do is um push myself to work harder towards the goals so rather than just have them as kind of like there might be certain things that'd be like it'd be nice if this happened but rather than just thinking of it as it would be nice if it happened I want to turn it into an actual attainable goal where it does happen and so I think I want to you know be a bit harder with myself uh, and actually start running towards those so you just want to challenge yourself, basically. Yeah, I want to, yeah, um, especially like, I guess, academic-wise and things like that. I really want to put my head down and want to make sure I push myself. Yeah, that's one of my resolutions, but we know it never happens. No, it's going to happen this year, okay? <laughs> We're going to be academic <laughs> weapons, inshallah. You know, for my personal growth, I think I'm going to really think about my friendships and who I'm actually being friendly to and who i'm building a friendship with i feel this 2024 was such a messy year in regards to friends and you know there were so many changes i was finishing six homes starting uni so there's so many factors that just 
you know, change the way you're because this this is these are friends that you know for so many years. You're in you know in one place, but then the second you move to uni, you're far away and everything. Mm-hmm. So the, the obviously the dynamic changes, and there's people who are gonna understand it, and people that are gonna think that you know you're not making the effort. But it's like I've said so many times this before. It's just life, you know. And I think one of our whole topics we're gonna be learning to be an adult. But yeah, just the my friendships this year and who is you know a real friend is something mm-hmm. that i'm still learning looking for um yeah that's it that's kind of my person how i'm trying to because friends are such a big part of your life it's a huge part world. yeah it's a huge part because the people who you surround yourselves with are ultimately going to have an effect on you and the way you live your life um so it's really important islamically as well that we pick out the right types of people to hang around with um and it's something that even like fully grown adults like grown grown adults struggle with um picking company and so i think it's something that we're all trying to navigate um yeah yeah i completely agree Mm. are there any upcoming events this 2024 that you're looking forward to Hmm. i don't know what are you looking forward to (laughs) i'm not looking forward to anything (laughs) i just want to try to get through my first year of uni mm. i was gonna say get my degree but that's really far away that's no but that's a big thing finishing first year of uni you're gonna have so many because quite a lot of the academic year is left and uni is such a large like transition period for you um yeah it's a very big thing i think that's it you know i'm with milestones i'm trying to yeah um, like grow kind of islamically and learn a lot so i joined a course um a 10-week course I, I don't know if i said this before but i joined an islamic course you know and it's about um it's like a preparing for ramadan kind of course mm. like we mentioned there's three men three months left for it so that's really and great thank you <laughs> what are some of the like it's preparing for ramadan but what are some of the things that it's kind of going through and that you're hoping to try and implement over the next few months uh just praying on time you don't like like kind of the basic stuff mm. and the the book is also it's like a book club kind of thing okay and it's with it's with other you know girls and everything. So I'm really looking forward to that, and it's gonna start in uh, from next week. So I'm just looking forward to that. I think that's a great chance to meet like people as well, who are obviously you know on the same goal that you're on. Um, and it'd yeah. be nice to have those discussions with them and kind of see how you can push each other forward. Obviously, it's only the third of January, and did you did, did you have any resolution? um i my resolutions have been the same for a very very long time <laughs> so i had i had this kind of these areas that i know i need to improve in and i've been trying to improve and i guess i've made some progress in some areas but that you know where you can say you've achieved that goal i don't think i've done it yet but i guess in a way a lot of these goals aren't it's not a one-stop thing where you've achieved it so continuous thing um so yeah, but I am looking forward to this year in general, I think. Um it's another year of life. I'm happy for everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm I'm looking forward to just uh, keeping an open mind and seeing what happens. And I think one of the biggest things that I want to develop actually is just um being a lot more stress free. And I think I look forward to this year in that sense that hopefully I'll be able to implement that mindset. Um and so it'll be you know much more chill that's my aim 
that's you know that's such a good aim because stress takes so much time out of your day you spend more time stressing about things than actually doing them mm, and a lot of it, like it's just i don't know i think for a lot of us it's almost like second nature like loads of people talk about how they procrastinate for work and things like that and it's a very normal thing um but i think like it stems from worries and underlying stress about doing the actual thing um and so i just want to mitigate i just want to get rid of that basically and i just want to live life and take things as it comes i think that's a more like breathable attitude if that makes sense yeah you know there's this there's this thing where i used to do when i was young that was anything that i wanted to do i would start from like the first of january and that's or basically at 12 it's 2024 already so i would start from there yeah and it's obviously something it's not realistic you know you can't start stuff from 12 a.m from that day to the next one so yeah. it's you have to kind of mentally prepare yourself to do that mm, i agree i think it's i think for a lot of people the reason why we have resolutions at this time of year is just because it's in our mind it seems like it's a new start if that makes sense yeah it is a new start for so in so many things i'm gonna you know we're gonna see so many new things this year i think yeah you know scientific stuff and social media is gonna be so big so let's see um yeah. let me look for more questions mm. so do you, do you have anything to say about the environmental change that 2024 is gonna happen some positive changes that we can make in our daily lives oh i environment is so important i feel like uh, we used to talk about it a lot on the show and it's such an important issue um and yet day-to-day kind of takes over and we don't see the effect that we're actually having on the world which is so terrible um but you know everyday things like looking at um energy consumption and ways we can save that looking at a lot of people do litter not littering is such a big thing um just keeping hold on to your rubbish until you find a bin and chuck it away and i think recycling is really important um and i think actually um our national system for recycling needs to be better we need to make it easier for people to recycle so that we can you know reduce our consumption i think that's a really big issue but not a lot of focus is given to it yeah i think we might ha- we have to make a whole show on this on this topic yeah because loads of other countries actually around the world have make it very very easy uh, on the packaging it's easy to know how you're meant to recycle the thing that you're recycling you have uh different bins different colored bin liners so people know exactly which bin to put what in uh and this is this all comes like it's a national nationwide approach i think those are the types of approaches that we need to start implementing in the uk because i don't know i find it like low-key i find it really hard to recycle <laughs> i don't know if that's just I a personal know. thing <laughs> I I just get kind of lazy too, but obviously you have to do it, otherwise you get that little sticker on your bin. And then you don't know, because like in, for example, in uh, institutions and things like that, it will have one that says like um, paper waste recycling and another one that says like um, a different type of recycling. And then you don't know where your rubbish lies and it's it's quite confusing. Um, and it's like your heart's in the right place because you want to recycle it, but you just don't know how. Uh, so I think these types of issues need to be need to be brought up on the list you know yeah i completely agree uh is obviously social media is so big now is, do you think social media is going to change in 2024 is going to expand more like the technology advancements oh, i have no idea <laughs> i think social media is very very big at the moment obviously and there's so many different like platforms um whether we 
have come I mean you're in a better position to answer this question for as a person who uses a lot of social media but also you're in like the computer science field what do you think um obviously technology is always expanding literally every yeah. single day but I think that we're gonna be so much more consumed by social media this is this literally like people are gaining nine million dollars for one ad one publicity ad that they're doing by brands um social media influences and everything so it's obviously it's gonna expand so much this year and people's solutions are literally becoming social media influencers, which I get it because obviously you get a lot of money. You don't have to do much. Mm-hmm. So it is going to expand. But for me, I'm trying not to, I'm going to try this um, 2024 not to use any social media like that much. I'm just trying to implement that. Like you said, stress-free life. Yeah. Taking care of my mental health because... Yeah, I, I do stuff? think that a lot of people. I do think that a lot of people are kind of gearing towards it, though. Like, it makes sense because with social media, it's fun. Number one to do. A lot of people enjoy it, um, and you create a community as we're connecting with people. And if you can make money off of it, that's a great thing. So I think loads of people are kind of gearing towards how they can uh, make a social media presence. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of us kind of want to take a break you know um and kind of take a step back from social media and all of the information overload that comes from it um we our attention spans i don't know about everyone else but i feel like my attention span has definitely decreased um from the start of like consuming short form content um and it's so easy to just scroll and mindlessly scroll. And sometimes your brain doesn't want to watch. When we look at the entertainment industry traditionally, like films and TV series, they're at a certain length and you have to get invested in the storyline and things like that. And sometimes from work, we are so tired and so exhausted that you don't even want to watch that. So it's easy to go on social media to do a mindless scroll um, and kind of take time that way. And so I do think like... For me, it might be impacting the way I work, or it definitely has impacted the way I work because I find that um, I found previously in 2023 that I wasn't able to concentrate for longer periods of time. And so I decided to take that into my own hands and kind of change it in a way. Um, and my phone really helped with that because I have no storage whatsoever, so I can't have any apps. <laughs> so I can't have like your big social media, um, you know, apps like Instagram and YouTube that typically have the short form content and so I it's really inconvenient for me to go on there but it's helped because I can do things for longer periods of time and I found that I my screen time's reduced and I have a lot more time in the day um so yeah yeah and you know apps are literally designed to make you addicted so just you trying to escape that thing is just enough for you like auto, I'm gonna just go with TikTok because it's my main app the auto scroll and you don't even have to use your hands to kind of Oh, really? Yeah, there's wow. so many things on your notifications, even every all of that is just is just made to is just made to make you addicted to that social media app and just scroll for hours and waste your time. Mm, I see. And and whilst I guess it's nice to be able to connect with other people and see what they're doing, um, I think to the point maybe that a lot of us do use it where it takes up a lot of our time. I think that's when we need to start rethinking and maybe trying to introduce balance um yeah um but yeah guys if you do have anything to say on our topic or 
you kind of have any thoughts that you want to talk about with regards to your plans for 2024 or how you might want to better develop yourself this year, please do text or WhatsApp in on 0779481822 and also call in on 0158248182. We really do want to hear what you guys have to say um, about the topics that we talk about. Um, we're also active on Instagram. So at Sister Speak is where all of our content um, kind of goes up. And our show is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, so every single radio show that we have every week is available um, on there for you guys to listen to again. So, yeah, we'd really appreciate it if you did um, listen to those throughout the day, if you can't catch the show on Wednesdays at 6. Um, and, yeah, Doreen, do you have anything to say just to finish off the show? I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. This um, We hope to see you next week, inshallah. And, and yeah, have a lovely 2024. Let us know all your resolutions on our Instagram at Sisters Speak. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org? And follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.